you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Folks, in just a moment, I'm going to introduce you to a dear friend of mine that I have known since the 1980s. Some of you were not born in the 1980s, but um, I assure you I was, and so was my guest today. (laughs) Um, Robert Orr is a precious friend who has a new book. Uh, It's a wonderful book that I heartily recommend. I have given copies to numerous family and friends because it is filled not only with information and entertaining anecdotes, but with powerful life lessons. And uh, so I've asked him to come on the broadcast and talk with us about this book. The title is Searching for the Dream, subtitled A Real Estate Memoir. One of the things I really appreciate about Searching for the Dream is that virtually every chapter ends with um, Scripture. And, uh, and as various scriptures are cited, typically the last word is from Jesus. So ultimately, all of scripture is God's word. But Robert has very uh, carefully and prayerfully chosen which scriptures to put at the end of each section. And it's powerful stuff, wonderful observations, and wonderful insights from God's word with real estate as kind of the background. And uh, Robert Orr, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, this book, I happen to know, you know, I often interview authors on this, on this program, uh, and I have to ask them, like, you know, what, what was the inspiration for this? How did you decide to write this book? How long did you work on it, et cetera? I know the answers to those questions, and... Um, so I'm, I'm not going to pursue all of them, but I do want folks to know this book, uh, putting it down on paper as a book, was a project that really took years, didn't it? Well, the, I first thought about the book 25 years ago, and then I put it aside. I said, nobody's going to be interested in that. And I started jotting down some notes in the fall of 2019. And in the spring of 2020, I I started organizing those thoughts. And by the late spring, early summer, I started writing the first version. And I completed the first version in the summer of 2021. And then I spent two years editing it. And by the Late summer, early fall, I was ready to submit to the publisher in the fall of 2023. Well, I am so glad that uh, now I actually shared 
with your permission, some things from earlier editions with people because I was so eager for them to hear what you had written because Um, you really, even in its early drafts, you write well. Um, and the things that you have to share are, are not just informative. They're not just entertaining. They're actually important because as you write in searching for the dream, uh, the life that God calls us to is uh, the one thing that's going to last for eternity. Yes. Um, every, everything else is temporary. I was in the checkout line at, at Publix the other evening, and I, um, I got in a conversation with the, uh, the person running the register and with the bagger, um, because there was no one else in line behind me, and I talked with them about the fact that everything else goes away. It does. The only thing that lasts is your relationship with the Lord. And if your relationship with him is good, then it's going to be really good for you for all eternity. But yes. if you do not have a good relationship with him, it's going to be really bad for you forever and ever, whether you believe in that or not, doesn't change the fact. And yes. Robert, I know that you not only believe that, but you have watched as a lot of things that people put their uh, affection on and their confidence in went away. Yes. So I thank you for um, chapter after chapter sharing important life lessons that are going to make a difference for eternity. Thank you. Now, in in this book, you not only tell a lot of stories, but you also uh, include some beautiful pieces of art. Um, And these are artwork that you did. Yes. Now, tell me a little bit, because I know that some of our folks who get this book are going to wonder, you know, was he an art major? Um, <laughs> how how did he get this talent? Um, talk with us a little bit about your journey with art, because I know that this is something you've done over the years. You've, you know, other people arranged for you to have an art show in Atlanta back years ago. I remember that. And uh, I came down from Tennessee to uh, yeah. be a part of, of uh, that viewing. But um, how did you first get interested in art, and who encouraged you in that regard along the way? A, an elementary school teacher noticed from some of the things I was drawing that I had a talent, and she suggested that I take formal art instruction. So in my junior high school years, I took art from uh, a noted artist in South Georgia, and then when we moved to Valdosta, I took from the head of the art department at Valdosta State before my freshman year in high school. And I continued painting and drawing. And, but then I took a art course from a, during my freshman year at college. And I put it aside when I came to Atlanta. Um, but when I started in real estate, I began drawing again. And I primarily in pen and ink, and that's why it, how I came to have an interest in it. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful that you did. Folks who get uh, notes from me at the ranch, at Wears Valley Ranch, are very likely to get one that is written 
on uh, a card that, again, with your permission, has, uh, has one of your prints. We have more than one picture that you did for the ranch of various buildings here. Um, and I just, you know, people, I, I literally had someone who contacted me because they'd gotten a, a card from me that you had done. And they said, where can I get some more of his work? Uh, this is not something that you've marketed. Um, it's been a labor of love, but I'll tell you this, it is beautiful, beautiful artwork. And I thank you for what you've contributed to the ranch in that regard, as well as your financial support. I thank you. Now, in in this book, um, you talk about uh, how people often think that purchasing the right house, having the right job, is going to satisfy them. They're searching for the dream, aren't they? Well, they are, and... and you know, to, to put it in context, it's in the introduction that I say if you search the Internet for a definition of the American dream, you will perhaps having a family and invariably owning your own, ho- your own home, for many Americans, a nice house is a symbol of success in achieving the dream. But the memoirs are about, are involve homeownership, but they are mostly about my relationships with the buyers and sellers and agents I met during the years that I was selling residential real estate. Yeah. And you have, I I know this because, again, I've known you for decades. Um, You've been a supporter of of our ministry since we founded Where's Valley Ranch. But um, as we've talked together over the years, people have registered surprise, clients of yours have registered surprise that you suggested they buy uh, a less expensive home instead of the mansion that they were coveting. <laughs> That's true. And, and they've, I mean, they've really, it's, as I recall, one fellow said to you, don't you make a percentage of what we spend? And you said? Well, I do, but that's not the point. The point is, do you really need this? Yeah. (laughs) I just, I want our listeners to process that for a moment. Because you can go into a lot of different transactions, and you are seldom ever going to find somebody who will counsel you to do what is better for you, uh, even though they're not going to profit as much financially from it. Most salespeople, whatever they're selling, whether it's cars or clothes or whatever, they want to talk you up. They want to try and get you to spend more because they Mm. want more, and they see you as a means to that end. But Robert Mm. Orr, I'm happy to say, is a man who has been more concerned about the well-being of his clients than he has been about how much money he could make from them. And that, of course, has built a loyal clientele. Now, Robert's retired from real estate, and so please Hopefully don't think we're, we're, Yes, thank the Lord. But, but we're, we're not having this conversation in order to try and get people to be sure and contact Robert Orr if you want to do a real estate transaction in Atlanta. Um, when my brother, who lived in Atlanta... Um, was needing a realtor. 
um, I recommended Robert Orr. I said he definitely would be the person that I would want you to talk to. And Robert did a fabulous job for my brother and his wife. And as a result, they wanted him not only to represent them in future transactions, but they told other people, this is the guy. This is who mm-hmm. I'd recommend. And the the reason is not just the knowledge that he had of the market. And he's a very sharp guy intellectually, but Robert has integrity and he has an unselfishness. And in this book, searching for the dream, you see some of the fruit of that because the consequence of treating people uh, as if their well-being matters is that you get a whole lot of folks who are amazed and some of whom are now more open to the gospel. Robert, you've shared the gospel with a whole lot of people across the years. Thank you. Um, when, when you were in college, there were some people who were a profound influence on your life. Yes. And uh, you had grown up in the Methodist Church in South Georgia, and yes. in a family that certainly was uh, uh, God-fearing, believed the Bible was true, etc. But you encountered a different kind of Christianity, if you will, when you went off to college at Auburn University. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, <clears throat> I say in the book that um, we had several translations of the Bible, as well as, as, well as very etiquette, <laughs> etiquette books in our house, and sometimes I was influenced as much by Emily Post as I was by the Bible. And like many in our community, my faith was more social than spiritual. What some referred to, culture, referred to as cultural Christianity. And it was when I was a freshman in college that I came to have a clear understanding of the gospel and accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And the two people who shared it with me were my best friend, Ed Butler, and, and a man named Andy Steele. And to this day, we stay in touch. And I thank them for introducing me to the gospel. Yeah. It's not just an intellectual understanding, is it? It's really a, a personal, relational understanding. It is a relationship with God. That makes all the difference. And, I, you know, I've seen this over and over again. I've seen one of my great joys and privileges in life has been introducing pastors to Jesus. That's remarkable. You know, after, after they've gone to seminary, got their degree, got a doctorate sometimes, um, and then were professionals in ministry, um, intellectually, they believed uh, many of them, that uh, it was all true. But yes. they had never really personally encountered the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about uh, a vision here. I'm talking <laughs> about the fact that he's alive. Yes. He really is alive. And so we don't need to just learn about him. We need to seek him and know him. Now, yes. you got saved in college, and yes. uh, really, I just want to be very clear with our listeners, from that point on, your life has just been smooth sailing, hasn't it? 
I wish. <laughs> you know, you know better than that. I do. I know better than that, and I want people to understand that we're not saying you go off somewhere, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and from that point on, uh, you've arrived. No, He's perfect. We are a work in progress. And one of the things I appreciate so much about your book, Searching for the Dream, is the fact that you are so candid in talking about your own journey yes. and, and how God is the one who is perfect and faithful and um, that in the midst of our uh, struggles and in the midst of our questions, God does not change. He is, he he's always, always faithful. And uh, I've, I have had the privilege of watching God do wonderful things in your life across the years. Thank you. I'm so grateful for what God has done, and I'm grateful for the fact, you know, some, some people don't want the preacher to know them. <laughs> they're, they're willing to come and listen to sermons and even give. But but they don't want to be known. Mm. But you have really been remarkably transparent, and uh, have across the years shared with me uh, as your pastor um, the the difficulties that you have faced and the mm. healing that God has done and is doing in your life, and. Um, it's, it's been a beautiful thing, and it has allowed me not only to learn, but also to share with other folk things that have been helpful to them because of the things that um, you had learned and that uh, God was doing in you. Now, Robert, I'm going to ask you, as you, uh, you know, went through this book, um, I, I, I know that sometimes you modified uh, stories, not to make them, uh, what shall we say, uh, you didn't exaggerate anything. Uh, you did two things uh, that were very uh, wise and godly. <laughs> One was to change some names to protect the not-so-innocent. <laughs> and uh, and another was if you weren't sure. I remember one particular story. You were not sure if, in your memory, you had embellished that, and so you toned down the details. And I tried to get you not to. I said, Robert, I remember the day that that happened. You called me on the phone and told me about it, and we both laughed together. And you said, Well, I, I know, but I just I have a concern that I. I may have exaggerated that a little bit, so I'm not going to have it that way in the book. <laughs> and again, I appreciate that. Most people, uh, and I, of course, I don't know everybody on the planet, so I'm, I'm going out on a limb here when I say most people, but let's say most people in my realm of experience are, are much less careful not to exaggerate. They're much less careful not to hurt somebody else uh, if they can tell a story that's hilarious at the other person's expense. And, and I appreciate the fact that in this book, you still manage to share very powerfully uh, these stories of different people's experiences and different people's struggles, including your own struggles. But you, you did it 
diligently seeking to avoid injuring others and diligently seeking to avoid exaggeration. And uh, again, that's one reason that I'm so enthusiastic about recommending this book is because I appreciate folks who tell the truth. So thank you for that. I, as I you know, read this and reread this and then have gone back and read portions of it again, it, it really, you deal with subjects that are very important to all our lives. You start out talking about how you ended up in real estate, which, as you said, was via a circuitous route. But yes. then you talk about success and failure, kindness and generosity. Um, you talk about respect and courtesy. You talk about gossip. You talk about um, what it is to be wrongly accused. My uh, son's father-in-law, or the father-in-law of one of my sons, is a, is a building contractor. And he, he was wrongly accused by a customer of not having delivered what this person wanted. And uh, she called him up and was just reaming him out and saying, you know, you didn't, you didn't give me what I wanted, et cetera. And he said, well, we talked about this during the construction, and I told you what I was going to do, and you agreed at that time, and it's in writing. You know, look at your contract again. And so she was like, well, I'm telling you, you didn't do what I wanted, et cetera. And she was really, really angry. And uh, a couple of hours later, she called back, and she apologized profusely. And she said, you're right. It was in the contract, exactly as you said. And so I researched this online, and clearly what you did for me was much superior to what I had originally asked you for. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm, I just can't say how grateful I am that you did what was best for me instead mm-hmm. of doing what I was trying to get you to do. And it, it, you know, during the time between her verbal abuse and her subsequent apology, you really feel lousy when somebody accuses you falsely, even when you know you're innocent, you feel pretty rotten that somebody is viewing you unjustly in this way. We all make enough mistakes that uh, we can be rightly accused, <laughs> and that hurts. But when we're wrongly accused, there's, there's a certain extra pain in that. And you deal with that very effectively in this book. I want to encourage folks to read that. You also talk about sales commissions. Yes. I, I gave that chapter to a young woman who was wanting to go into real estate. Mm-hmm. And I said, you need to read this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not saying nobody should go into real estate. I'll let you say that. But, but uh, no, I mean, it's, it, we need somebody to be in real estate and to be honest and, and to be competent and know what they're doing. But the fact of the matter is, if your goal is just to get rich, not only may you be disappointed, as many have been over the years, but you're not going to serve your customers well. If your goal is just worldly wealth, you're going to have a lousy life and an even worse eternity. Jesus mm-hmm. said you cannot serve God and mammon. Folks, I am grateful that my dear friend Robert Orr has released this book. It is available on Amazon. If you say, well, I don't want to support Amazon. Well, it's worth it if you get this book. <laughs> Searching for the dream. 
a real estate memoir by Robert Orr. It's available on Amazon already. You can get it. And there may be some other places, too, where you can find it. But I want to encourage you, if you're looking for a good book with solid lessons, and you know somebody who has a house, wants a house, or sells houses, you ought to, you ought to get this book, Searching for the Dream by Robert Orr. Robert, thank you so much for coming on the broadcast. Thank you for your faithfulness to Jesus across the years. And thank you for your faithfulness and generosity toward Wears Valley Ranch. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.